Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line, he wants to fly like a little pigeon. It's, it's Hunter Heilman. It's too fucking early for this. Uh, I want to apologize to the the country of Italy because I I don't think I'm going to be able to resist making fun of um I some, don't some bad I don't apologize to them. The, I'm not apologizing movie. to that old bitch. Uh, welcome back, Hunter. This is this is an episode we've been circling for a while. We're here to talk House of Gucci. By the way, happy happy belated Thanksgiving. Not very happy for the Indians. That's true. <laughs> That was a succession reference. You were supposed to get that. I do kind of get it. Okay, cool. No, I was like, yes. no, please don't think I'm actually like that buzzkill. No, it was. No, I was. I was laughing at, at no, that. Are was... you watching Succession this season? By the Not way, this season. I'm probably uh. at this point. I think I'm just gonna wait for it to finish. I think I've missed enough episodes at this point that I probably just owe myself a binge. Yeah, because so, I was I was gonna say let me let me tell you this past Sunday's episode was I did hear a lot of things about this the birthday episode to to quote Jared Leto in this movie this past season's episode was a real firecracker. So uh, we'll circle back to Succession on a later date, but kind of related because we're gonna talk about a movie about a rich family kind of backstabbing each other and full of for, assholes and terrible yeah, people and, in order to vie for control over a company. Um, so we're talking House of Gucci this week, which is the our our second Ridley Scott movie this year after the Last Duel, and is about how the Gucci family basically lost control over the company over the the during the 1980s and early 1990s stars lady gaga adam driver jared leto al pacino also jeremy irons and selma hayek uh hunter i know that you were eagerly eagerly anticipating this movie so i feel like you you're you should be the one to kick us off of like did did house of gucci live up to all the hype and expectations because i feel like you along with a lot of people on the internet have been just like on the edge of their seat, like, can, can I get this movie now? Ever since the this like onset, you can say gays. You can say gays. It's fine. I know you're not homophobic. I've been looking forward to it. I, I'm an, I'm on the. As soon as I saw that picture of Lady Gaga and Adam Driver, I was like, let's go. Well, then maybe you need to look <laughs> a little bit more inward at yourself, Jesse. Maybe, maybe. it's time. Okay. <laughs> I thought that this. So I Yeah, you're right. I was very excited for this movie. I was so fucking excited for this movie. Um, I'm not anymore. Understandable. I didn't love this. I thought it was... I mean, it's just... It is... It's slow. And I hate calling movies slow. (laughs) But in a movie that I think should be... Like the biopic equivalent of like Adderall it doesn't do that it it just it just kind of stalls and there's a couple reasons for that one I I think the biggest thing is that I don't think anyone really knows what type of movie they were trying to make here okay that's so that's that was going to be the next thing I wanted to to ask you you kind of like you 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 brought us to this moment sooner than I thought of like I was gonna Oops. I'm I'm with you I'm pretty mixed on this movie probably like it like a hair more than you did but that's yeah. only because like every now like I had fun laughing at it in a couple yeah. moments um do you think the problem with this movie because I, I I think kind of the central problem is this movie can't quite decide whether it wants to be this like Godfather esque crime family saga or whether it wants to be this sort of like bombastic over the top camp fest and do you think that's either a because the movie is trying to have like have it both ways in the way that something like you know a different sense of humor but something like succession is able to be both like really funny while also being like very dramatic and suspenseful or do you think it's b no one was on the same page and like some people thought they were in a big romp some people thought they were in a more serious drama 
and it's this weird mishmash of tones. Or C, do you think it's this Ridley Scott was clearly trying to make an over the top soapy comedy, and maybe that's just not in the Ridley Scott. That's not in his skill set as a filmmaker to make a movie like that. I think it's all three. Wow. Okay. No, I think um, I think the movie itself does not move at a at an efficient enough pace to really feel fun in any sort of way, and that's mm-hmm. screenplay. Yes, like straight up. Um, I sound really sick. I promise. You need I'm to blow not. your nose. <laughs> I'm good. No, I'm I'm all good. I will if if, if I have to, I'll stop. It's the that Omicron being said, variant fuck off um (laughs) so that's that the other part the second part is that about half of the cast is in a very serious movie Mm -hmm. adam driver jeremy irons even al pacino like a fun character but in a very serious movie yeah then you have gaga and Mm -hmm. jared leto who are in a very theatrical, very over the top, almost like parody esque, uh, camp fest, and that those are the moments that I think work the most. Don't yeah. please, no one, please record this. Please don't record me complimenting Jared Leto. However, it is it is an entertaining performance. I I can't quite say whether it's good or bad, but it is. Most certainly, I you can't take your eyes off he's of whatever the ben he's Affleck doing. Of this movie, yes. So I do. I w- I will kind of say though. I kind of do feel like the Pacino performance is does get to that over the top moment. Like I, it's I, like halfway there. He's the one that I think balances it the best. Yeah, I feel like he walked on set and saw what Gaga and Jared Leto were doing, and it was sort of the the person who's like, oh, it's this kind of party, and then he's like, you you kids want to see overacting? Yeah. I'll show you overacting! Did you see, um, so this is, like, slightly off topic, but not really, because I literally have the article open. Did you see that the, um, the Gucci family's, like, super pissed about this movie? Which, like, yeah, but they're really honing in on the fact they're like, um, Aldo Gucci was like tall and handsome and really good looking, and Al Pacino is nothing of the sort. And Ridley Scott responded to it this morning of like, "Are oh, you please, fucking I can't wait for this?" <laughs> oh, let me read this. His press um, tour, I I can't. It's so yeah. funny. The people that were writing from the family to us at the onset were alarmingly insulting, saying that Al Pacino did not physically represent Aldo Gucci in any shape or form. And yet, frankly, how could they be better represented than Al Pacino? Excuse me, you have. Or you probably have the best actors in the world. You should be so fucking lucky. Direct <laughs> from the horse's mouth of Ridley Scott. This man has no filter. I, I love, love him. <laughs> I love him so much. Oh my god! And that's the thing. It's like, listen, I can think, I can, I can bitch about this movie as much as I want. At the end of the day, I love this fucking man. Even when he says that millennials tank, <laughs> even when he's bashing life. millennials, it's still like so funny like, how grumpy he. I'm is. like, you're wrong, but also now that I think about it, a lot of people my age didn't see the last duel but a lot of people a lot of ages didn't see the last duel (laughs) right that that doesn't mean you shouldn't though you should see the last duel it's oddly enough the better ridley scott movie that came out it's one of the it's one of the better movies probably one of if not the best studio movie i've seen this year Uh, i would agree yeah like disney did that surprisingly also don't quote me on that ever please this is just me betraying all of my morals i'm like disney did a good job at the last duel jared leto did a good job in this movie like i i I think it's safe to say also the last duel is like that in the martian i think are ridley scott's two best movies that he's done in like the last decade in my opinion I would agree. Yeah. yeah. I would throw Prome- I would throw Prometheus in there too, but but I know that yeah. that's incredibly um polarizing. It's a movie. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not as um it's not as universal I would say as the other two. Right. Um but yeah, and then but and I just enjoy I found at that point that if the screenplay wasn't going to give them a lot of leeway, then it had to come down to the actors and that Lady Gaga and Jared Leto both i think understood the assignment a little bit better and to an extent al pacino but it's grounded so much more in adam driver's character Mm -hmm. and driver of course is he's he's great 
but and I don't know whether he's like he's purposely understanding stating it or whether just compared to like those other three he feels really understated. I mean, it's hard to not be steamrolled by Gaga and Jared Leto. Right. Just in general. That being said, I also think he probably was thinking, okay, cool. Fiery lead actress, let me be the straight man to the situation. Right. And I think that's the problem. There's too many straight men here. And I don't mean that. And I truly do mean that in the fact that this movie is very heterosexually made. Mm-hmm. And I think there just needs some more flash to it. I think in every which way. I think it's shot. I think it's such an ugly movie. That baffled me of like, why are you going to make like a 1980s fashion industry movie, but have it be Italian this like, fashion of all. Right. Italian and fashion have it be is... this like desaturated, almost like monochrome, like and it is color aesthetic. It is to me also one of those movies that makes me want to outlaw digital cameras. I'm just like, no, this is not how you shoot a movie. And what sucks. What's so crazy to me too, is that it's, it's, Darius Volsky, who shot it, he shots mm-hmm. he shoots all of Ridley Scott's movies, and it's weird that less than two months ago, the last duel came out, shot I'm fairly certain on the same cameras, that and kind of rep- great, and represents kind of some of the best like cold digital mm-hmm. cinematography there's been at least this year, and then this comes out, and it's the exact opposite. It's like and. I think you probably could have gotten away with The Last Duel looking like House of Gucci, but you can't. I would have rather seen this be more colorful and maybe if it's cold, but like at the same time, I don't know. There's just like a there's something off about it and it's just flat. It's just flat. There's no depth to the image at any point. And, you know, it's just a little disappointing in that like. Ridley Scott kind of approached this in the same way he approached, like, all the money in the world. Yeah, I was a little disappointed that it was, it felt so similar to that, while also having, like, bigger performances in it. Yeah, and it's like, okay, cool. Like, that was good because it fit for that movie. Mm -hmm. It doesn't fit for this one. It needs to, and, like, for me, it all came down to, at the end, with the Tom Ford fashion show. I was like, this is a Tom Ford runway. Why does it look so fucking boring? Mm-hmm. Like, this is... And also, I just... It, the costumes, I didn't think, like, blew me away as much as I wanted them to. Mm. At least not in the same way that, like, they did for, like, Spencer. Where I was like, oh, yeah, it's super, super, like, indicative of, like, everything we kind of came to know about Diana and her sense of style but also incorporating it into the story Mm -hmm. this literally is about costume design and it still didn't it didn't incorporate it at all it just i don't know it just everything is just like it's not so messy to where i'm like oh god this is bad but it's just messy enough where i'm like you just it. yeah it it definitely just i was tweaks. like just i was pretty fixed it. yeah i was definitely like pretty disappointed leaving the theater um and and you know i think we should definitely talk more about the performances which i think are the more fun thing to talk about in this movie um yeah. i i enjoyed the <laughs> pretty like absurd on the nose music needle drops in this movie um every which, movie has needle drops nowadays it's like a it that is the pandemic of 2021 or needle drops in movies i will say the tracy chapman one at the end almost made me fall out of my seat i was like laughing so hard (laughs) yeah that was (laughs) i just can't believe they used that song i mean it was just like i knew like in the first 30 minutes when I heard that initial droning noise of the long intro of Donna Summer, I feel love. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. This is the movie we're in. I or see. the the wedding scene where the organs come in and you're like, that kind of sounds like the beginning of Faith. And then it turns into George Michael's Faith. Yeah. yeah. And like, I was just like, that isn't, I don't know if that fits. My mom loved it. My mom loved yeah. all that shit because she loves like needle drops like that because it's all music from her childhood. But like, yeah. I wasn't a fan personally. 
I think they're all bad needle drops, but I think it's it's like it's you know it's a fun bad like the the Jared Leto performance. Um, let's let's talk about the performances more in depth. I think you know I think we said all we kind of needed to say about Adam Driver. I think he's he's good in the movie, but he's sort of like the least fun. It's person. not Driver's best. No, no, no. I would even say you know it's not even the best Driver performance this year. Like I liked him a lot more in the Last Duel. Last or Duel. Last, he's great in the Last Duel. Yeah. I haven't uh, seen it yet, but yeah. Oh, he's that'll yeah. be an, uh, an experience. <laughs> um, I think Lady Gaga is kind of the best thing in the movie. Like, agree with you. Like that analogy of like she understands the assignment. Like she has the right tone of like I'm committing one thousand ten percent. Actually, on you know, this. you know what? Let me let me correct myself a little bit. I don't know if she understood the assignment. However, what she turned in did have correct answers on it. <laughs> Let's say that. Because there's some times where I'm like, I think Gaga's taking this very seriously. Yes. But I think it is it is in the nature of Gaga to be very over the top in everything she does. Mm-hmm. So I think she thinks she's giving, like, the most subtle, like transformative performance of her life when in reality she's just kind of like you know it's very um a lot i mean a lot of the performances in this movie particularly the two we'll mainly talk about are very um boppity boopity like very i mean very italian stereotypes but that's kind of what makes it fun because like she's kind of doing dracula too in a couple scenes yeah a little like like, huh (laughs) Since when is Patricia Rajani from Romania? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I I think she's coming into this with like you know Daniel Day Lewis. I drink your milkshake level energy for better or for worse. And um, yeah. I don't. I it was just like whenever she wasn't on screen, or even which Leto, becomes a I would lot say, of the third act that yeah, completely kind of derails it. Yeah. Where I, I was I like, think, this is not what I showed up for. If I wanted to see an Adam Driver movie, I would watch The Last Duel or Annette or Marriage Story or literally anything I could pull up on my phone. Right. The movie does definitely like lose an energy when Gaga kind of has to take a backseat in the third act. Um, do you think? I'll table that question until the very end. Okay. Um, uh, let's, unless you got any more Gaga thoughts, let's. No, I thought it was good. I honestly, I expected a little more to be completely honest with you because like, yeah, even though she went big, I wish she had gone bigger. I wish. Yeah. Like, I wish she had been at Jared Leto levels, but does that mean it's not a very good performance? No. And I do. I imagine she's going to be a big player at the Oscars this year. And like Gaga gives good award season talk and as well. So like, I it further she... solidified for me that she is a a movie star. Like I I would love oh, to see like what star. what is her version of like Moonstruck? You know what I mean? Like yeah, like something really like pared something... back and yeah. not like super theatrical. I mean, yeah, that really does make sense. Of like Cher is known for the big you know major gay theatrics, and Gaga is too. But she also has her like quiet let me make two albums with tony bennett moment and i kind of want i'm ready for that gaga in a yeah. movie a little bit she can go like ferocious and over the top in this movie but then there's also like oh i could see a rom star with her like like the bits where Ooh. she her and, the bits where her and adam driver are just like falling in love and like the beginning third of this yeah. movie is sort of like that's where i was getting with the moonstruck thing is like oh i could just see like if we made rom-coms anymore like a, a big kind of like goofy rom-com with lady gaga in it and i think she could pull that off i'd like to see gaga with a female director in something that'd be interesting because i don't know i mean i think there are a lot of female directors who probably should have directed this movie over ridley scott but yeah or gay male directors i saw someone johnny said baz lerman and i was like oh that'd be good yeah i I saw people say like the three i i heard getting thrown out where someone said like i wish i think it was Alonzo Duraldi said, I wish Lee Daniels made this. Um, I saw people throwing out like Scorsese or Ryan Murphy even. I heard well, I heard Ryan Murphy. I said this should I've seen a lot of this should have been an American crime story series, which mm-hmm. 
I don't like Ryan Murphy, and I probably wouldn't have watched it, but, like, maybe. Yeah. But I also saw some people say that Tom Ford should have directed it, and I'm like, listen, I, I don't love like Tom- his movies, so I'm not, I, I can't go there. Here's the thing. <laughs> I do. However, that is a massive conflict of interest that would keep things from being told probably the way that they actually did happen. Do you see the review he wrote about this yeah, movie? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like, I think a lot of it would have been changed to, like, fit more of the Gucci narrative. Because, mm-hmm. like, obviously, he was very involved at that time. So, mm-hmm. I'm just like, listen, I get it style-wise, but no, let's not. Yeah. Um, I was, I worked with someone the other night who saw it, and they said, they really like Promising Young Woman. And they're like, Emerald Fennell's, like, color palette could have really Mm. been used here of like maybe not her directing style but just the way that like promising young woman looked just bring that energy a little bit more into this movie and i completely i was like i see that actually like something bright and colorful and very you know flashy yeah i i i kind of just wished it had a little the movie had a little bit more trashiness to it like even i was thinking i don't think this person would go anywhere near this story but i did also think like what's the pedro almodovar version of this movie like like fun over the top crazy pedro almodovar like bad education Almodovar. yeah yeah that would be that would be really good yeah um you want to talk Leto? <laughs> Let's talk Leto. Let's talk Leto. I mean, I, just, I was I, <laughs> I was dreading it. I was dreading it. I was like, Ugh, I don't like Jared Leto. Why is he in this movie? But pretty and like in the trailer, I was like, he's going so far like above this. Like, why is he? Why is he playing like? What's an Italian stereotype? I don't know. It feels like he, he walked he walked into this movie thinking he had gotten hired for the Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah, and just that, like I'm a yeah. Luigi. Yeah, I'm a Paolo. Can, um, can can which speaking of which, can we now like can whoever's replace, making that movie replace, replace Chris Pratt with just Jared Leto listen, do this character? I'm sorry, I know, I know they're both problematic, and Jared Leto's probably more problematic than Chris Pratt is. However. He can do an Italian accent. Is it a good one? No. Does it fit Mario? Absolutely. Yeah. So that's the thing. Coming into it, it's like, is this a good performance? No. No. Is it a genius performance? Yes. So yeah, pretty much. It kind of is, in the sense of just like I I think he came in actually understanding the assignment because I don't think Jared Leto takes himself particularly seriously in the same way that I think gaga does Mm -hmm. and i think do they come out with similar results yes do i think for as many articles as i've read of like i got of gaga being like i got so into it i cried i went to all these places i just think jared leto was like all right let's fuck shit up let's do this have you read the jared leto quotes of yeah the like (laughs) i snorted a line of arabiata sauce like, like i got the olive oil running through my blood yeah it was very much so like you are like a very you are very close to saying a racial slur like <laughs> pertaining to Italians but like I'll forgive you uh, don't say it but I'll forgive what you're saying up to this point cuz that's funny it's honestly very funny and I just think I don't know if you're looking for like genuine Italian representation in this movie can I ask what the fuck are you doing like I would like why would you not just watch The Hand of God or yes. Akiara mm-hmm. or what's an I don't know if there's any other Italian movies that came out this year in America either way like you know like that's not what this is trying to do and that being said I did see I did see that Paolo Gucci in real life is actually not that no, that's that's the funny thing of you mentioning the Al Pacino thing is like right after I saw it, I saw all this stuff on Twitter that was like, this is what this guy like actually looked like. And he didn't look like a Mario character like Jared Leto. Here's the thing. Does in this movie. Here's the thing, though. I don't speak for all fat people. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care that much. It's just one of those things. I'm like, listen, he put on a fucking fat suit. It's not that out of it's not that out of character. Is the is the nasty hairline and like weirdly patchy um like 
weirdly patchy facial hair a little over the top. Yeah. But also at the same time, at this point, I want that. I had the most fun watching him. His scene, his scenes with him and Gaga alone were the best scenes in the movie. The him, the scene where he tells Pacino he sold his shares of the company so was good. also like I almost fell out of my seat laughing. So good. <laughs> um, as well as I think the the bit Jared Leto got the biggest laugh in my theater of the entire theater exploded. Was it the laugh. scarf scene? No, it was when he was like. Be sure not to confuse poop with chocolate. They may oh, look yeah. the same, but they taste different. Believe me, I know. Yes, that. Yeah, no, that. I mean, it's just he chewed that screen up. And in a film like this, that's supposed to be so over the top and aggressive, even though it, it doesn't end up being. Right. Having that, like, little bit of, oh, this is what this movie could have been for everybody. Almost hurts a little bit. Right. It's like whenever him and Gaga have their scenes together, the father-son house of Gucci scene or whatever, I'm just like, ah. Oh. Yes. Why, or, I mean, even come down to that, like, sex scene in the opening, like, couple minutes of the movie. I'm just like, where is this energy? Where yes. is this energy throughout the rest of this movie? And unfortunately, at the end of the day, Jared Leto is... A, a smaller supporting role in this movie and just yeah. unfortunately doesn't get the screen time that I think at that point when realizing that, Oh shit, you have something good here. You should have taken up more, please. After this award season, do not ever quote me on me complimenting Jared Leto, but I will do it this season. And Ben, can you believe that? Can you believe that at this point, two out of my five best supporting actor things came from two roles that I was dreading. Yeah. Ben Affleck. Crazy. And Jared fucking Leto in this movie. Are you kidding The Leto me? thing also made me think of the, like, weird choice, which, like, people can... I, I'm pretty sure you can find the original trailer on YouTube somewhere, but, like, the weird original choice that, like, before we all knew he was a... He was a... You know, I know exactly Sex predator, the, like, Kevin Spacey is going to, like, don old man makeup to play... Um, who, who? John Paul Getty. Yeah, John Paul Getty, um, which... I remember seeing that original trailer to be like, what a weird choice. Like, why yeah. wouldn't you just hire an old person and or like hire someone the age of, you know, Christopher Plummer, who actually ended up playing that role. But like th this is maybe like another a window into like what that would have been of like. It, it's also the same thing with like Guy Pierce plays like an old man in prometheus of like i don't know ridley scott has this like recurring thing of well, like i want like a younger actor to like don all this makeup and I, do okay so this is a weird thing i will i will somewhat defend the guy pierce one if only because so remember when prometheus came out there was that big like viral push of of that's like right. all of those the, weird um the ted talk the ted talk and he that's a really good thing where i was like huh that's crazy why don't you put that in the fucking movie mm -hmm. but it's fine a lot of it really does fill in a lot of the the gaps of prometheus because i watched them at the time because i was so excited mm. for prometheus and i will give it that granted i also expected going into it that there would be a reference to that or at some point and right. then it wasn't he was just old and i was like okay never yeah. mind maybe this doesn't work in the context of just the movie but i don't know i think ridley scott likes those like physically transformative performances he he clearly really likes actors and I think is is I think that's why big movie stars like to work with him is I think yeah. he's he's willing to kind of let people just sort of like to to act to like yeah. go to whatever places they want to and he's more interested in kind of like within the, the visual aesthetic. And it can be a really big like boon to the movie or it can be its downfall. Right. I think this is a little bit of both of like I think you can get those like Maybe not, like, on paper, like, you know, Uta Hagen acting school level, you know, good performance. But it's one that you walk away and you're just like, that's exactly what I wanted from this. Yeah. That being said, a lot of them are not that in this. And it's just falls flat. And in that, and in that case, it's just like, what constitutes a good performance? And I think in this, it's like more so about how much 
they feel at home within a character and ironically the one that has to do the most physical transformation is the one that also feels the most maybe not organic but the most successful yeah um i guess we can go through the other three pretty quickly we talked about pacino a little bit i really enjoyed pacino in here Pacino's goodness he's not doing anything that pacino hasn't done before but it is right. good pacino it's 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 i'm having fun i can like play to the other side of the not even the back of the rafters the other side of the planet like yeah. go big pacino like it's, yeah. it's more like you know uh like devil's advocate kind yeah. of and again his scenes with gaga i found i mean which is most of his scenes i found mm-hmm. to be really um really really good or even his scenes with leto i think both of them in this movie they're kind of a part of their genius is that they really do play off of the other people in the scene and can right. sometimes elevate those people in the scene to be yes. a little bit more along the lines of what we wanted. Maybe not to full like success, but also that's not their job. Um, yeah, Pacino's really good in this. I I enjoyed his his presence a lot. Um, and yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's like compared. I mean he is playing to the rafters. That being said also compared to some of the people around to, him compared to those other two it, it's sometimes still like I'm the just third like, biggest huh, performance in the movie you're just like yeah. yeah you're not doing that much and it's like no he's actually doing the most it's just that the other people are doing more than that yeah um i don't have too much to say about either jeremy irons or selma hayek other than to say jeremy irons definitely makes the decision to at a certain point like screw this i'm not doing the accent yeah <laughs> um also that role was supposed to originally be played by de niro, de niro. Right? yeah and i'm like oh that would have been kind of fun to have like them pacino the de and de niro pacino back pacino together reunion. again if like yeah. bitch you thought the irishman was the last time we'd be together uh-uh it's the fashion movie um yeah, I thought Irons was fine. It's Irons doing Irons. He's he's definitely another another one of those performances taking it very very straight and serious. And he he you know he I don't feel like it's it's history. It's not spoilers of like he he dies a third of the way into the movie. I also don't know if Jeremy Irons knows what fun is. He seems like someone who's really never laughed in his life. I thought he was pretty fun in Watchmen. Oh yeah, I forgot he, about that. I forgot he was in Watchmen. Lion King? That's 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 like Hall of Fame kind of ham performance. Yeah. I don't know. It's just not it's yeah. n- it's not it in this. And then Salma Hayek, I don't know what it is with big directors this movie. They're this year wasting Salma Hayek and their big movies, but can, like can can I make a confession? I didn't th- I thought the uh, Selma Hayek character was like imaginary like in Lady Gaga's head until like the very end of the, the very movie end where the title like, card came up and I was like that's a real person. Yeah. I like that would have been cool but like you know she gets a little bit to do at the end but not much. But I yeah, just barely. Like, yeah. And I was just like oh so she's just the spoiler alert it's based on real events if you don't know what happened sorry. It's like oh so she's just the catalyst for Lady Gaga deciding to kill him okay right cool i feel like there's a lot of and i mean ridley scott has said that there will probably be an extended cut of this movie release because he does that with almost all of his movies but um how much more extended could it get it's already super long well i was gonna say i wonder if there's a lot more scenes with selma hayek that are like left off the cutting floor because that seemed like a performance i was like what is going on here like especially when she resurfaces at the uh, end like, with she late gaga got a favor yeah i just kind of did not versa? understand that character yeah did she think she was originally going to play the Gaga character and then showed up on set just like, oh, who? Yeah. Oh, well, I guess. I guess I will. I mean, it's it's fine. I think Salma Hayek's pretty much, she's super magnetic in everything she's in, but it's like her and this, her and Eternals. I'm just like, someone use her the way that she should. Mm-hmm. She's so good. Like, why are we just like putting her in these throwaway roles? So I'm hoping, I, I mean, I would watch the extended cut of this. I would like for it to possibly be better in some way, but I don't yeah. think that's going to change some of my big issues with the movie, which is that it's ugly and that no one really knows uh, right. the type of movie they're making. Right. I think if anything, it probably just means, you know, maybe there's longer scenes of just sort of like him turning the camera on, like yeah. Pacino, Leto and Gaga and just saying like, go just bounce or off just each like other more the fashion side of things mm. i just feel like it didn't feel that much like 
it felt like that was like very much so the not the main focus which i think it should have been that's the thing it's like we can see crime dramas every day yeah we don't see crime dramas about like fashion houses every day and that should have been the focus and unfortunately at the end of the day ridley scott is not a ridley scott is a is a straight man who Mm -hmm. in both literal and figurative ways of just he's gonna direct a very serious movie however this is not necessarily the time to fully do that yeah, his hand as a director, I feel like, in hindsight, is maybe a little... Because when this was announced, I was like, oh, Ridley Scott's such a, a stylist and likes everything to yeah. just look amazing that, like, this this will this will be great. And I think now... Because I went back pretty over the last six months and kind of, like, periodically watched all the Ridley Scott movies I had never seen. Yeah. And I feel like... I almost wonder if his hand is a little too heavy as a director and he's a little bit too sort of, like... Mm-hmm serious minded as a filmmaker like yeah and an example like are there any ridley scott movies that you think are funny like i guess there's lighthearted stuff in the martian matchstick men has some lighthearted stuff but like it an example i thought of was like a good year which is that terrible terrible movie where like russell crowe like oh, inherits fuck. a winery and like that's that's a movie that like his hand as a director feels way too heavy handed on, on that movie. And it needs someone with a little bit more of like a lighthearted kind of emotional touch, like a, a James L Brooks or a Cameron Crow to do that movie. And you, you can feel in real time of like Ridley Scott's directing the shit out of it, but it feels way too forceful, way too heavy handed. It doesn't yeah. quite have the sort of like, emotional human humanist tone to it that you need and you kind of get to the end of that movie and you're like so i basically just watched two hours about like a snotty rich guy who just like wins and like got a really terrific vineyard do you want to know what this movie should have been directed like what counselor yeah which that's like such a weird example because like you know i'm i'm someone who's really fascinated by that movie and it's like that movie is like both extremely pretentious while also extremely trashy at the same time and and very very funny yeah so it's just kind of like where was that why could we get a little bit of that energy it doesn't have to be as crazy it doesn't have to be as over the top but like just a little bit of that where's that ridley but also it got so lambasted by critics and so it bombed so badly at the box office i don't know if i necessarily blame him for not wanting to try to recreate that energy yeah but you know, um, it's I, just un- it's just unfortunately a little bit of a miss on on a lot of fronts here. There yeah. are very good parts of it, but I just think the kind of core of this movie unfortunately misunderstood what the uh, what it was initially going for, and at the end of that, again, like you said, it just felt a little bit self serious. Which in something like the Last Duel, it needed because it was a very serious story. But in this, it's like no, we have we have the clearance to be silly here. Mm-hmm. So why aren't we taking that? Yeah. Um, you kind of mentioned awards conversation with this. Do you think this will be an awards player? It feels like this was one of the movies kind of in the latter part of the year that people were holding out on is like, this might be a big contender. And I walked out sort of being like, I don't, I don't know. And it seems like the reception to it has thus been divisive. And the people who do like it, it's more of like, that was a mess, but that was a fun mess. Yeah. I think Gaga will be in for best actress. Okay. I don't, she will not win. No, that seems pretty locked up for Stewart at the moment. Maybe Leto might sneak in there because apparently a lot of Academy voters really liked House of Gucci. Hmm. Maybe costume design. Yeah. But even then, like, I think that's more out of duty than a sense of like actual, it's the best costume design of the year. Yeah. I don't see any other yeah. I don't see any other places where this would really break through though. Well, it's just yeah. And unfortunately, I don't think the last duel is either because the last duel bombed so hard. Yeah, which I would argue the last duel should be way more, more in the conversation. Way more in the conversation. Like it, we're probably going to get to you and I like to do this like underrated movie awards yeah. thing when get driver, season gets get Comer, get yeah, I Affleck feel like we're, we're going to be just like showering the last duel with stuff because it's like 
you know that that i think is probably like in a short list of like most underrated movies from this last Absolutely. year that's yeah. going to kind of get ignored because it bombed so hard but yeah so it just it was just kind of unfortunate all around and now i'm starting to wonder i'm like well shit if mgm had released that like you know goddamn the disney arm can't even like get this right but house of gucci can defy all box office expectations and like make more than the last duel made it its entire run and its opening weekend yeah i also just think the sell for both of those movies is different like last duel was like you and i were and a lot of people we dreading know were a little it. bit dreading it of like oh gosh the brooding like me too mi- medieval drama starring Re- and written by matt damon and damon ben, and ben affleck. affleck who yeah. have not escaped this completely unscathed right of just like there was a lot of hesitation for that whereas like gucci it was like oh it's big famous people doing ridiculous accents yeah. and it's like a soap opera and stuff like that yeah and, and it um, just yeah and that should be more fun and more enjoyable which granted i guess i would say it is more fun I think as a as a fulfilling film experience, it's not as successful as as the last duel or honestly anything Ridley Scott's done in no. the last couple of years. Which sounds like not very much, but that man pumps out so much. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what the Napoleon movie is. I am too. I mean, I think that'll be I think that'll be if not fun, genuinely good. Yeah. But who knows? I thought the same thing about this too, so Maybe I know nothing. We'll see. He's he's a director that is, I think, only about as good as his scripts, usually. That is very, 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 very true. If he's got a good script like The Martian, for instance, like he can do like a very fun, extremely well-made movie. And if the script usually isn't there, like, I don't know, Exodus, Gods and Kings, that's probably yeah, like, he's the not, one that he's... comes to mind of like an absolute diarrhea Ridley Scott yeah, movie. Yeah, he is not a writer. And like, that's okay but we need to get good writers with him Mm -hmm. so and you know again with like the last duel it's like we know that damon and damon and affleck are good writers for this material uh, then you get nicole holof center in there and it's like oh okay no she's really i think driving a lot of the subtleties of this screenplay that are it's making it so much more than just what it is on the surface right so i you know it you are very very correct in that regard well let's maybe move on to some other stuff that we've been watching kind of do a little bit of a catch-up have any any major things you've been you've been watching lately i saw the new resident evil movie which means nothing to anyone else but to me it's a big deal because i fucking love resident evil um I I mean we're about to have a very big conversation about the place of uh fan service within Hollywood and how that translates or does not translate to direct quality. Uh-huh. Um unfortunately in this circumstance I am a fan being serviced by uh by this and I really enjoyed this movie. It wow. kind of bombed. Well, I mean, let's be real here. I kind of enjoy all of the Resident Evil movies. However, kind of target audience. I am target audience. That being said, I can at least sit here and recognize that the Paul W.S. Anderson movies are fucking awful mm-hmm. adaptions of the games. Maybe the first movie is like slightly acceptable, but everything past that, maybe the second movie a little bit too, everything past that goes absolutely off the rails, has no no connection to the game series and like that's fine it's neil jovovich kicking ass that's cool though i'm not gonna like say no to that she's very good in those movies even if sometimes they're um just messy Mm -hmm. but this one uh a reboot is completely tied to the games and as someone who very recently replayed resident evil 2 uh spoke to me heavily yeah uh is it does it have a good screenplay not really um are the visual effects good no um are the performances good um actually actually they are pretty they're they're pretty good uh, relatively cross board is it a cws cast absolutely but there are some surprises in there of like i think it it could have been a lot cheaper than it was and not in terms of the uh the the budget cuz that's already pretty low at 25 million uh 
but I feel like there could have been a lot cheaper scares in it. And I found that Johannes Roberts, who direct wrote and directed it, really leaned into kind of a more eerie atmosphere uh, in most regards, which really helps with this because that is what the original games really tried to pull as something actually scary. And this, while maybe not like keep you up at night scary, it definitely has so much more suspense than any of the Paul W.S. Anderson films did. Um, I also thought the casting across the board was pretty good, too. I thought Kai Scodelario as Coy Redfield was really successful. Um, a lot of people gave shit to uh, to Hannah John Common as Jill Valentine and Avin Jogi as Leon Kennedy because, let's be real here, they were only mad because they're not the race they are in the games. Um, I thought both of them did great. I thought Hannah John Common particularly as Jill was really good. And I would like to see a sequel of them doing some sort of Resident Evil 3 tie-in because she, I would like to see something focused on her. Because unfortunately she doesn't get as much to do in this movie as Kai Scodelario does. Um, but I think it, it works pretty well. And that being said, do you want to talk about fucking needle drops? Needle drops? So this 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 takes place in 1998 because mm-hmm. that's when the games took place and it and it right. makes sense because there are a lot of things that I think could have been solved in that had they just had uh modern technology so I get it. That being said, if you saw the trailer for it um they use a a slowed down obviously very, you know, big orchestral version mm-hmm. of Four Non Blondes what's going on in the mm-hmm. trailer and I was like, "What?" that's a little weird but also i kind of like it um i mean just not every five seconds it's not like cruella level bad or even house of gucci level bad but there's sometimes there's one scene where a zombie gets into the to the police station and leon the guy at the front desk is asleep with his headphones in and jennifer page's crush is playing and at a point it's like, it's very distant because you hear it through his headphones. But the second that you see this zombie who is on fire just slowly walk into the the police station, it kicks into full force. And I'm like, why the fuck are we playing Jennifer Page's crush while this happens? But also, that's kind of funny. Like, it has a little bit of humor to it. Um, and then later, obviously, they played uh what's going on as well as someone got eaten in a helicopter um no i thought it was i do i am i surprised it has a 26 on rotten tomatoes absolutely not absolutely not i think anyone who is not even slightly familiar with the games it's not going to be very it's not going to be as viewer friendly to you as the paul ws anderson movies would be in that like they take the time to really explain stuff more this it definitely has the implication of like you probably know a little bit about the games and we're going to play that to you is that a bit of a cop-out maybe i don't give a fuck though because i'm cool with it and i want to see more I gotta be honest, I didn't know a Resident Evil movie came out until, like, you texted our group. Literally, everyone, (laughs) like... A few weeks ago. Yeah, no one knows about it. And it's, like, because Sony didn't market it. It didn't... They didn't drop a trailer until, like, like, October. Well, you know what Sony did market the bejesus out of? Yeah, that's what (laughs) makes me mad. That's what makes me mad, too. I'm like, really? Y'all are... Okay. It's fine. Y'all have way more movies in the Resident Evil series than the Ghostbuster series, and your last one fucking bombed. But it's fine. No, it's it's fine. It's fine. Just just market it. Just market, market yeah. your Amblin ass thing that doesn't. Sorry, yeah, my, I haven't even seen my, this movie, but it makes me angry. No, it's it's pretty awful. Um, you know, it is it is a movie that that captures the the stillness of Tarkovsky and the framing of Dreyer and the wonder of Steven Spielberg. Uh, I'm talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is, I think, a pretty misguided and kind of pretentious and some somewhat appalling by the end oh. movie. Oh, I um, I was at work with someone the other day who didn't see it also because we both are just like, what the fuck? But they heard um, what happens at the end. <laughs> we looked up the ending and found a bootleg version on YouTube, and I literally had to leave the box office. I was like, I have no allegiance to Ghostbusters. I, I don't really I like any of these movies. I pretty close to walking out that but I was, I was just really like, irritating. <laughs> I'm assuming we're talking about the same 
spectral yes appearance i'm trying to be vague but you know what yeah. if you if you are really that concerned about go of spoilers about ghostbusters afterlife come back go see it i guess but don't. also don't go see it um don't yeah we're, we're so i was like here's harold your fair ramus warning, is, but Her- yeah. harold ramus is going to absolutely turn over in his grave i don't know there's something about bringing back it's dead gross actors. it's like it, we we all have no sort of future in life except to become cgi muppets well and that's the thing it's like in the sense of something like um in the sense of something like halloween kills sure where in the opening scene is that just a lookalike actor though it is yeah and i think it works because i i was pissed at first i was like how dare they donald pleasance would fuck you up if you saw this and then it, it was like oh that was just makeup yeah oh oh okay so we can do that in a much smaller budgeted movie yes but no let's give the let's let's give the uncanny valley a call yeah and have them put their two it's cents like, in on like this. i found it kind of gross when star wars did it with with rogue one and I've, i didn't I've really ju- hate it that much because i was like yeah this story it makes sense because it takes place at that time period mm-hmm. could they have done it just with a lookalike actor i think so that being said, I didn't hate it too terribly much, especially because Rogue One came out literally four days before Carrie Fisher died. So oh, I meant the Peter Cushing. Oh, I know. Stuff. I'm just yeah. saying, like it. A lot of people bring up the the Leia one when they talk yeah. about that, though, and I'm like, in all fairness, it was literally right when she passed. Yes, um, it 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 looked ugly at the time, but I I would say I, it's slightly. Different. Oh, I lost my shit in the theater though with that ending. <laughs> um, but. Because that yeah, was back when I, Star Wars still excited me. Yeah. Um, but how naive we all were. Yeah, but there's just like there's no I like I can I can make the argument with Rogue One. Do I think it looks good? No. Can I understand it? Kind of, because again, it takes place at that time. Ghostbusters doesn't. It's yeah. just what if we just brought it back for nostalgia's sake? What if we just made you like remember him? Remember him from the first movies? Yeah, I got, I got to, here's, I don't want to spend too much time on Ghostbusters Afterlife, but, you know, I. Let him th- stay in the afterlife. <laughs> he is just, he has earned that. Yes, this is obviously Jason Reitman, son of Ivan Reitman, who made the original Ghostbusters. And Jason Reitman is a filmmaker in his own right. I'm, I'm a little like hit or miss with his, I, I'm, I'm generally not a fan. I, it, you know, the ones that I think I liked. When like, it hits, it hits. I remember really liking Juno when I was a teenager, but I've also not seen it since I was a teenager, so I have um, no clue what I think about it as an adult. Yeah, I really like um, Young, Young Adult. Pretty, yeah, that's Young pretty Young Adult, good. I think, is it's genuinely one of my favorite adult comedies in the past. I would say, I was going to say 10 years, but it's been 10 years since that. Um, and then I also really love Tully. Him and, him oh, and Shirley's The Wrong. Tully is fabulous yeah i I remember being really underwhelmed by the front runner i think up in the air is okay but like kind of overrated and then um men women and children is you know maybe one of the worst things i've ever seen (laughs) i've never saw it and i'm honestly chill with that um Um, but what's that movie where um josh or josh brolin and kate winslet make a pie labor day yeah yeah that one (laughs) yeah um so this is his like sequel to ghostbusters which um i don't know what your relationship is with ghostbusters i've seen the first one i don't have one i i've i saw it a lot as a kid i think i played the expansion pack that they did for um planet coaster where you can get ghosts in your park and you can hire ghostbusters to come and get it and dan Aykroyd voices the character in the career mode um that's about the extent i also i mean i've seen them I've also I've, I've, yeah the I've first one I think them. is good first it's, one's it's good. like a it's a very fun movie but it, it is I'm not someone that it is like a central text of my childhood um, no I, I don't the, get the that. second one is kind of like it brings back pretty much the same it's people but it kind of feel there's a little bit less energy to it and you kind yeah. of feel like everyone's a little like I, I guess we just need to do another one but it yeah. and it feels like kind of just going through the beats of the first one again um i don't the, hate the 2016 one i don't think it's bad i i i mean it's such a weird thing because that became such a like dumb political culture war topic 
when I don't think they're real, like, do I think it's terrible? No. Do I think it's good enough to, like, hold up and talk about? Also, no. no, But also, I'm with you. I think it feels a little bit more in line with what Ghostbusters is than whatever the fuck this is. Yeah, my memory of the 2016 one is being a bit like, (laughs) I love all these women. They're all really funny. But can we find something better for them to do than just, like, redo Ghostbusters again? Yeah. Kind of the same problem as the second one of just, like... I don't know. There's really not much more you can do with this. This just feels like we ran back the same thing all over again. Yeah. Um, This one is a sequel to the original that is, is about a, a family with some kids that are the, the grandkids of one of the ghostbusters. They go to a, uh, a ranch, I guess out in the middle of nowhere. And the first, I would say half of this movie is Jason Reitman using sort of Spielbergian wonder to not unveil or show us a a shark or a dinosaur or an alien, but to sort of show us the wonder of like, here's this object from the first movie. Here's this gadget. Ooh, is that the car? You'll just have to wait and find out. I'm, 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 we're teasing you with it. Taking my fucking time. Yes. it, It is sort of like the same sort of filmmaking style that steven spielberg does to like show you something like unbelievable that like would never exist in the real world that you can't believe you're seeing jason reitman is doing that to be like look at the wonder of just sort of like fan service and it's kind of eye rolling it's kind of dumb and it's a little bit sickening and is really emblematic of this moment in sort of like pop pop culture. culture we're at where like it it is just about kind of like the the DiCaprio meme of like pointing at the TV and being like yeah. I recognize that thing, yeah. and then the second half of the movie comes and it basically just does like the exact same beats, exact same plot, exact same villain as like some scenes even like almost really? shot for shot bit. Oh, for I bit. didn't yes. know that. Oh, yes. I didn't know it was the same villain. It's like this, literally the same exact thing as like this the like back half of the first ghostbusters oh yes and then at the very end bill murray and dan Aykroyd and all of them show up and everyone except dan Aykroyd feels a little bit like i guess i'll take a paycheck (laughs) and dan Aykroyd seems really into it and that's that's the movie which i think is you know one of the worst things i've seen this year and i kind of walked out afterwards being like Hard reset. I think we need to burn down popular culture. Yeah. Start over. I can't believe this is like what people want to see in the movies. Yeah. And it's like slightly positive critical reaction just tells me that we have way too many film critics who grew up in the 80s. That fall prey to this. But also at the same time, again, I literally just went off about how I enjoyed the new Resident Evil movie because it was fan service. But at least that doesn't have good reviews. At least I'm not trying to convince myself of anything. Does the new ghost? I I haven't really been paying 63% attention. 63% on Rotten Tomatoes. What? what do you think the audience score is? 80s or 90s? 95. I, I mean, it is kind of a kids movie. I just sort of like it's a kids movie that's also there for like the adults to be able to point and be like, I know that. Yeah. Now, granted, on Metacritic is a lot more, um, a lot more indicative, but okay. at a at a forty five, but, um, but Resident Evil has the same thing on Metacritic, so maybe, um, maybe I win here. Yeah. Well, a more positive bit of fan service that I I will say I uh got to experience over the the holidays, um, that can kind of wrap us up is I just uh, got a House of Gucci screener in my email. Oh, as we well, were talking about it. I can't wait to rewatch all the Leto scenes all over Yeah, again. but why did I get all of the MGM ones, but they still didn't send me licorice pizza? What? <laughs> I just got all of the MGM ones except for that. Come on. At least we know MGM is sending us stuff. I know, yeah. Um, I did watch all... Uh, l- let, me, let me first ask you this. So I watched The Beatles Get Back, which is the Peter Jackson Beatles documentary over thanksgiving how how long do you think this is uh nine hours or it's like eight hours isn't it it's eight hours it's yeah three episodes so this is obviously peter jackson kind of unearthed all of this kind of never before released um beatles footage from 
uh, a kind of abandoned documentary. About... It's very, um, it's very Amazing Grace. Yes, kind of like a documentary project that that of like a concert and them kind of, um, putting together an album in a show in like two weeks, and a lot of the songs would be used for the like Let It Be album that came out after they broke up. Um, and it's sort of the build up to that like famous concert on the rooftop that they did. Yeah. Um, and Peter Jackson originally was going to do this as a movie, and over the summer announced that because the the footage was just so good and he couldn't let go of it that it was now going to be a mini series on Disney Plus. So I got got the screeners, fired it up, was like this will be a nice thing for me to watch as I wind down from a day at work. Episode one, two and a half hours. Episode two, three hours. Episode three, two and a half hours. Um, I'm I have a feeling I'm a bigger Beatles person than you are. Yes. Well, here's the thing. I'm not a big Beatles person. I mm-hmm. don't go out of my way to listen to them. I don't love their music. However, everything I've read about this documentary makes me want to watch it. I'm maybe going to come give you a little bit more of a tepid. Uh, okay. Which it which is to say that like I grew up in a big Beatles household. I think if you're a Beatles fan, there is a lot of like really really fascinating stuff in here, and it is I think a look at the band at their most sort of everyday and most human. Uh-huh. You are just sort of sitting with them in the rehearsal space as they're working through songs. I think there's a lot of really amazing stuff about like the creative process and seeing. You know, I I think the best example of this is there's a moment where um, a little card comes across the screen and it's like the band has run out of songs. So Paul McCartney is just sort of like strumming on a guitar, just random chords and kind of just like mumbling to himself doing like. And within about three minutes, slowly you're like, wait, what? Oh, it's get back. And he just like gets it like that. And you then get to see sort of the evolution of the songwriting process moments where George Harrison is trying to write something and he gets some of the lyrics. He's like something in the way she moves and then attracts me. I can't think of what's next. And John Lennon's just like, just start spitting out words until something comes to you. So just like start out saying like attracts me like a cauliflower. And so George Harrison just goes through for like, a while just making up random stuff until he can get to oh something in the way she moves attracts me like no other lover and as a like exploration about like how did this band kind of just seeing them just the like mundane everyday way that they would come up with these great songs it's pretty fascinating but it's also the peter jackson problem of sometimes he kind of like can't he can't edit himself a little bit is and, it is it big um battle of the five armies like by the time we're on the third one it's like why are we still here yeah it's a lot of um it feels long i almost wish i got the two and a half to maybe three hour movie of this that the eight hours total is a bit excessive and i think there's a lot of cool stuff in there i think if you're a beatles fan you'll be you'll find a lot to love but it it is you feel the length and it does feel a bit excessive considering most of the documentary is just them sort of in the studio space writing and practicing songs. Um, So that's my take on that, I guess. Yeah. I still think I might watch it though. Like honestly, like I mean, it's it's great to have on in the background as you're like doing laundry or cooking or something like that. I will say I have been getting the urge to rewatch all of the middle earth movies recently and that doesn't happen often so maybe i need to like jump on that before i do this but also i really i'm so this is such an off-topic thing i'm so mad about that fucking blu-ray box set of lord of the rings they just released all of the 4k ones and Uh the extended 4k of lord of the rings and the hobbit in one uh like box set yeah and it's like 230 dollars but also doesn't include like half of the special features from the old blu-rays well and they have the they have the gall to call with the definitive box set sorry that's just my bitching no as someone who uh loved, i wanted to get it to i buy was... things specifically for the special features i'm just kind of like listen, 
Well, my whole thing, it's like, I guess I would get it if they would confirm that, like, they will never be another release. Like, this will be the only 4K release. of. Uh-huh. I know for a damn fact that give it two years, they will put out a a, a Super Ultimate Collector's Edition with all of the things back because people have been complaining so much. But I'm not paying $250 for something that's not complete. Sorry. I will never rewatch the Hobbit movies again. But. I will. I enjoyed. I mean, the last one is the last one is a struggle. Yes. But the first two, I thought. I mean, I thought Unexpected Journey was good, and I thought Desolation of Smog was really, really good. But Battle of the Five Armies. Smog's okay. Battle of the Five Armies. I, I will say, I rewatched the the original Lord of the Rings earlier this year when they were put on HBO Max, and those things uh, still slap. Yeah. They hold just, up. They're really good. How do you feel about the new Amazon series? Do we not? Do you? I do you? I trust I'm, it because I don't. I I think Jeff Bezos can find other ways to spend that money. That's going to be my take. I guess that's true. But also, if it means he doesn't go to space, I guess that's fine also. I guess that's fine too. Either way. So, well, yeah, that's been Hunter, that's been what I've been watching. Yes. Well, thank you again for for joining this week and talking House of Gucci. Um maybe we'll have you back soon because there's a Paul Verhoeven movie coming out that I know ah, you really want I already to talk saw about. it. It's so good. It's really good. It makes me, uh, I'm not, I am like a heathen, not like, I am, I'm so non-religious it hurts. There were some points in this movie, in that movie where I was like, ooh, I can see why the Catholics are mad, which usually I can't, but I was like, I get that, but also. But also also, Jesus on a horse decapitating snakes, the Catholics don't love that. It's also the reason I love it. It's like, oh, this is debaucherous and blasphemous and all of that. And I love it for it. But we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later.